Hello and welcome to the podcast series from Secretary to CEO. I'm your host, Caroline Fry. In today's episode, we'll be talking about one of the most common issues that many people face, imposter syndrome or imper- and inferiority complexes, but most importantly is how to overcome them. So with my background as someone who came in a working class family, I personally experienced these struggles. So the school that I would have went to back in the day, it just did not cater for students from a working class background thinking about a college education. The reality was, if you were from a working class background, the boys got apprenticeships and the girls either finished school or trained to be a secretary or did a basic course in admin. Travel and tourism was really big the year I graduated. So you basically trained to be a travel agent or a hotel manager. Also, what was interesting about the year when I graduated, I'd say there was maximum 10 girls who went to college, as in studied to get a degree. Out of probably there was three classes, I'd say of about 28, 30. So we'd say maximum 90 students. And the rest of us girls either finished our education journey there and then, or we went into what we called a further education course. So i.e. you learned either how to be a secretary or, you know, a travel agent or something like that. So for me, I chose the further education route and I did a business course and I learned the computer, as my parents called it then, and how to type actually on an old fashioned typewriter. It was amazing. I can still remember the ASDF semicolon LKJ. I remember the pain in my little fingers when they got caught behind the, um, got caught in between the keys. And then I also remember when we were learning how to um, center a document, talk about things you take for granted. When we were typing a letter, if you wanted to do the subject and center, you had to add up all the characters in that sentence and space it and trigger it out. So it was like this mad maths equation just to press center. So when I was doing that, I was typing away on the old typewriter for about four months. And then after Christmas, whatever, we were introduced to Microsoft Word. And lo and behold, the center button. When I say it was mind blowing, it was. So I went obviously on with the secretarial course um, and then basically did that. Probably all these courses were about eight or nine months long. So finished that and I got a permanent job. And I suppose that's where I started my career as a secretary. So I went to work at the age of 18, nearly 19. And my first job was in the Institute of Certified Public Accountants in Ireland. And at the time, it was located in Eli Place, Dublin too. And um, I'm from Dublin originally, and I'm a Northsider dub. Um, so for us, when I was saying I was going to work in Dublin too, I was really going to work in the posh side of Dublin. So I went in there as a secretary and this was probably the first time that I was exposed to different classes of people or really my first introduction to educated people. All the secretaries and the admin team, we were based in this first floor of this big Georgian building and the executives and the more senior team um, were further up the house. And I remember being in awe of my first boss. Um, She was female. She was gorgeous. she was in her late 20s, she had a college degree, and she owned her own apartment. And this was absolutely a foreign concept to me. I genuinely had not seen a real-life scenario of a girl boss uh, who owned her own apartment, college-educated, and I think even at the time, you know, mid-90s, she was even living with her boyfriend. 
So I think it would be fair to say that as something inside me sparked then or changed. I really wanted to be her. I wanted to buy my own apartment. I wanted the car. I just wanted more for myself. But then reality, I was here and I was just a secretary. And secretaries can't do this. So I really struggled with this concept. Um, I wanted more for myself, but there was this limiting belief that I could not have it. I had my place in society, which did not equate to being the girl boss, having her own apartment. It really was fair to say that there was a big gap I had to overcome to get me where I wanted to be from where I was then. But this niggling thought would not go away. So I was working away in CPA. I was, you know, doing all the admin, really enjoying it. And I was good at my job, um, but I wanted more. And I knew that there was more in me, but I also had to realize then that uh, there's a big difference in getting the more out of you. Um, and this is where I really had to face my own insecurities and self-doubt. Like, realistically, I often felt like I wasn't good enough and that I didn't belong in the corporate world. These were basically um, what we will call now as an inferiority complex and imposter syndrome. So I suppose just so we're all on the same page and throwing labels in here. Um, an inferiority complex is really a persistent feeling of being inferior or inadequate in comparison to others. But it's a deep seated belief that we're not good enough or that we don't measure up to others. And this feeling can result of maybe our upbringing or our environment or even our own experiences. So for me, this is really where I felt my lack of a proper college education. Because I managed to associate that these college educations really um, was the only way to get my dreams or actually get what I wanted out of life. So then that thought then really led me on to imposter syndrome. So on one hand, I had this inferior, you know, over my lack of education. And then on the other hand, there was this fear of being exposed as a fraud or not being good enough. I had this feeling that I did not deserve success or who was I to want more out of life? It was like this dirty little secret that was going to be exposed one day. It was crazy, the thoughts that I had going on around in my head. I'd flip from, I want more out of life. You know, this is not fair. I want this. I'm going to get this. Um, but then I'd flip back to what was I even thinking, even pursuing these ideas? Like I'm an uneducated secretary. It was crazy. But the reality was this thought of wanting more out of my life would not go away. So the first thing I did was qualify as an accountant technician. So I decided in my head that a proper professional qualification would make me feel so much better about myself. So flash forward to when I was 21 and I qualified as an accountant technician. I'd worked in CPA for about 18 months, really, really enjoyed it. But I wanted to be an accountant technician. There was no role at that time. So I left to get experience in accountancy so I could qualify. So while I was in CPA, I learned that I was good at my job and I had a really, really good work ethic. I just rolled up my sleeves. I got the job done. I made the tea, basically did what I was asked. But more importantly, did it without any guff or just got on and did it in good grace. And um, I went then on to service air. 
And that was in the airport, literally five minutes from where I lived. So I had gone from, you know, getting the bus, then maybe the bus stop there, keys or what I had to belt it up then. It was a good 25, 30 minute walk up to where Eli Place was. So I went from that to um, my dad dropping me. It was great. The joys of the ESB. So he was working in Swords at the time. So he was able to basically drop me off the airport. And then if his day finished early, nine times out of 10, he was able to pick me up. Brilliant. But at the time, um, Service Air were actually only offering a three-month contract. And the guy who was interviewing me um, basically said to me, he was just like, are you mad? This is only a three-month contract. Um, you're leaving a full-time position for this. And I said, but I need to qualify. I need, if I didn't have my three months accountancy experience at the time, I wouldn't have been able to qualify. So the the, the two years I put into qualifying would have been a waste. Um, so I did, I said to him, I said, yeah, it is a bit mad, but I know it's going to lead to more because I'm good. At, I'm good. Like I will be good for your team. And it did. So I was working there for well over a year. I absolutely loved it and was progressing well. More and more duties were being handed over to me. They were talking about possibly putting me down the SEMA route. They thought I'd make a very good management accountant. And then out of the blue, I got a phone call from my own boss. A scene would I come back to CPA that a role had become vacant uh, as his PA. And basically, he'd like me to fill it. So this was a huge step up. For me um, and if I wanted to I would actually even get accounts uh, I get experience working in the accounts department only if I wanted so this was a big promotion and um, a big increase in salary and I was also physically moving higher up in the building so um, I love that I have to say I absolutely love that um, I loved working with Eamon Siggins he's still the CPE still actually chief executive of CPA today but I loved it so I stayed there for the next 10 years and all the while though, I still felt I had this sturdy little secret that because I did not go to college, so I wasn't educated enough. So what I did then to fill that void was I spent the next 10 years doing, my God, I did certificates, I did diplomas, I did degrees, I did every soft skill going, all of these at night. And I was, you know, basically going through all of these while uh, all of these courses working nine to, to half five or whatever it was I was doing all these courses at night just so I could basically feel good enough about myself what I did not realize was because I never went to college to get the degree straight after school and um, I managed to let a thought sink in that now I was in the corporate world I didn't really feel educated enough I didn't really belong there so despite all of these feelings, I did manage to go out and get a mortgage and to buy my own apartment. There's actually a very funny story about that, but I think that could be a separate podcast on its own. My poor dad, I broke his heart. He couldn't understand why I wanted to buy an apartment on my own. I just come out of a long-term relationship and he just thought it was crazy. Can you not just wait to get married and do that? What would I want to be doing that? My mom, on the other hand, was super proud of my independence and that I actually had the financial means to go out and get a mortgage on my own. So on the plus side, that was one thing, take off the list that, woohoo, in my 20s, I have my own apartment. So it was about probably 15 years ago, um, I went to Tony Robbins and it was Unleash the Power Within course. And it was at this course that I realized that this limiting belief 
or not feeling educated enough was really starting to hold me back in life. So I had to do a lot of internal work on my mindset. I had to work in those deep seated beliefs, which really was not easy. And I had to learn the hard way, the importance of self-validation and self-worth that you can't rely on others to validate you. If you can't validate your own importance in life, you really are fighting a losing battle. So this really was a struggle for me. Um, but I was getting there. I had um, an interest in energy healing. My husband, fair play to him, um, was, is, not was, is so very open and really, really into his own personal development. So I really started to get in touch with my energetic side. Like I was training in Reiki. I was training in, in, in all these other energy skills. That was really, really helped me to connect with me and to find my purpose and to find my value. So I was still doing all this. So I was still in CPA. So while I was there, there was a promotion I wanted to go for. And really, I was more than qualified. It was in our membership department. Um, I had a very good relationship with a good few of our members. Um, and more importantly, I was there 10 years. So I could literally do this job in my sleep. But I was refused the job and not because I was not good enough, but because now I didn't have a proper degree. Apparently, I wasn't good enough getting educated at night. And um, really, I should have gone straight after school and gone and got myself a proper degree. And really, just to add to the indignity, the director who was interviewing at the time, um, not my boss, <laughs> the director that was interviewing at the time gave it to his son's girlfriend, fresh out of Smurfit Business School. No business school, no business experience. And I wiped the floor with her in terms of experience. And it really was after going through this, I was like, nah, enough is enough. Um, and yeah, I had a great salary. I had a secure job. I had, you know, I was now paying a mortgage now. So I had all that, but it just sickened me. It really and truly, it sickened me and it sickened me for a few reasons. It was like, when are you ever going to feel good enough? Why are you waiting on somebody again to externally validate that you are good? You knew you were good enough for this job. You are good enough for this job. So I left. <laughs> so it was, again, crazy. Um, at the time, we were starting to become into a bit of a recession it wasn't as bad it was possibly um the start of it so it was a big risk like paying a mortgage on my own and really the next few years were a bit bumpy to say the least um when I left CPA I went and I worked with this crazy accountant then um he was he was just mental he was he was crazy it was great more experience of probably dealing with an entrepreneur really was what that was and you know the ups and downs but I liked structure. So then I went and I got another job, but they were badly affected by the downturn. And um, I was put into a different department and I really, really clashed uh, personality-wise with one of the owners. So he fired me. So that was great. I remember literally the month I turned 30 or the week I turned 30, I remember crashing my car, which was fine. I'm just being dramatic here. On the right car roundabout and got fired. I was like, oh my God, seriously. Um. Then I was in between that as well. I actually met my husband and I was really starting to then work on my confidence and my internal value system. As I said, I was working through the spiritual side of things. So I was training in Reiki and the angelic healing and mediumship and all of that. So I absolutely loved that. So although I was fired, although it was a bit crazy, 
um, I was actually building a fairly strong and resilient foundation for myself. So when I look back, like I spent my 20s getting educated, buying an apartment and moving up the scale from secretary to PA to office manager. Then I went into my 30s. I went from office manager to mother to wife, three kids under three, crazy, um, to COO. Um, probably I did not realize that in my 40s, it would all come crashing down around me with more and more, much harder lessons that needed to be learned. So I suppose the big lesson I have learned is life is always going to have drama, chaos and unpredictability, unpredictability. It just goes hand in hand with life. But having the skills to keep moving forward, not to be derailed when your world feels like it's fallen around you is absolutely vital. The best investment I made was my support group around me who helped me to develop these skills and really and truly to keep me moving forward and not lose sight of my potential. So I did actually say at the start of this podcast that like we would talk about inferior, inferiority complexes and imposter syndrome, but most importantly, what I did or what I would advise to actually help you overcome them. So what I did, and I still do, um, and how I keep moving forward with all these limiting beliefs, and they still come up like there's so many perceived society norms out there, feeling of inadequacy, a self-doubt. They can be triggered by the smallest things like so what I did was I kept listening to this inner voice that kept on telling me from early in life there was more in me and it was more important to keep pursuing my dreams and reaching my potential. Anytime I went against that and resisted that that's when the shit really hit the fan. I had to tell myself daily sometimes hourly that these feelings weren't based on reality. These were just beliefs that I had internalized over time. So if I was sitting there going, God, you be geejish or you gobshite or something like that, I would actually have to go, Caroline, is that true? No, it's not actually true. You're clever. You're here. You're going to get through this. Now, come on, let's move on to the next step. So that didn't happen overnight. <laughs> and that I am still learning to enhance that. I'm still learning to work work through these as 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 newer or bigger dramas come come on top the joys of being a mother married all of those things like so there's loads of triggers that I'm still working through but I suppose these are some of the top things that have helped me and still help me and the first one I would say is really acknowledge your feelings the first step in, in overcoming this is is to acknowledge them like to recognize that you're feeling like you're inadequate or like you're you're an imposter and don't try to suppress or ignore these feelings when I did it was like I paid a high price or you know it was just like that's when I did actually kind of go no I'll be fine be fine be fine and no this is branding and go through it it never really worked out for me but now I do recognize when I am in imposter syndrome when I am kind of sitting there going no you know should a secretary be a CEO is that like you know and if I was to turn around and say no and then I'd have to go is that real <laughs> is that true or is that fake and then you go actually yeah no that's actually a bit stupid do you know kind of and where are you feeling that? and what are you doing and how are you going to overcome that so it was a process then that I had to go but the first step was acknowledging I am feeling like a bit of a fraud here or I am feeling like you know I'm feeling this. 
then that's like exactly what I was saying. You've got to challenge your beliefs. So once you've acknowledged, it's to try and challenge the beliefs that are driving them. Like, are they based on reality? Or are they just beliefs that you have internalized? Do you know? So like, it's funny if you, if you think about it, even when you were growing up, like, you know, your mother, I don't know, kind of somebody wherever you were living with, maybe at the time might have gone, oh my God, you can't go out dressed like that. Why? Why? Says who? Why? So it's kind of looking at, you know, oh my God, I could never go away without my husbands and kids. Why? Oh my God, I could, could never do this or, or I couldn't. I couldn't say that. You're being bullied in a job or you're, or something's happened. God, I'd be afraid I couldn't say that. Why? Why can't you say that? God, I don't know. In my house, we were told not to challenge authority. So then it's looking at, okay, is this a belief that you learned when you were younger? And that belief probably served you maybe when you were in school, but does that belief still serve you today? So that's, that's really, really looking at these limiting beliefs that you have internalized. And believe me, these can be very, very deep. This is often stuff that we've grown up with from childhood. And so it's, it's, it's give yourself a break on this too, is what I'm saying. But then it's really focus on your strengths. So instead of, um, you know, I never went to college or I never did this or I never did that. I knew I was good at my job and I was an, I was an asset to a company. I knew that despite my lack of education. So I did actually start to focus on. And then when people actually saw that I was good, they started to see Caroline. They didn't see the, you know, they weren't looking for the qualification behind me. They weren't looking. They were like, actually, here's a person that's actually an asset to our team, regardless of her qualifications. Like, so it is, it's looking at that. Like, what are you good at? What do you bring to the table? And most importantly, it's celebrating your wins. Like reminding yourself what you have done. It's, you know, when I do look back and like, it's crazy when I see what I did actually achieve. I just took it for granted. So it is really, really important to, to actually acknowledge the wins and like give yourself a pat on the shoulder because nine times out of ten, nobody's going to do it for you. Then. I really recommend that you learn from your mistakes. Nobody is perfect and everyone makes mistakes. So instead of beating yourself up over your mistakes, learn from them and use them as an opportunity to grow and improve. I still to this day remember one of the biggest mistakes or feck ups that I did in CPA. And it was, uh, we were booking, we did a seminar, we did CPD for accountants or CPE for accountants. And um, we were booking a hotel. And at the time, it was when you rang the national uh, directory, the pre-Google days. And I thought I was booking the um, Stackus Hotel. And then I ended up booking the Stalis Hotel or something like that. And I kept asking the, the, the receptionist or the events team, and I was ringing in, can you send me on a confirmation? Can you send me on a confirmation? And it was even facts back in the day. And I didn't have and lo and behold the speaker turned up to that event and it wasn't booked there so then I had to ring I was like okay where have I booked so yeah it was a bit of a shit show lucky enough it was uh the speaker was on the ball and turned up about three hours earlier I didn't have too many people booked in for the event so we were able to ring and contact everybody and actually get everybody there so really only one or two people turned up and um, we compensated them but what I learned from that then was, well, first I took ownership. I put my hand up and I did go up and say, I'm sorry. Um, I did not realize I was booking that and I should have got the booking confirmation. So I didn't try hide behind it because what was the point? Um, so I showed up. Huge mortification, but I did. But then I created a booking checklist straight after that. 
And we did not press go until that was signed and that was faxed back to me and I had that in the folder. So I learned. So there's loads of things. I could have sat there and bet myself up, you know, tried to blame national inquiries for not putting me through to the right place or do all this sort of stuff, but I owned it. But then I transformed it and then I created a great process after it. So anybody coming in from me hopefully wouldn't experience the same. And I certainly wouldn't have experienced the same. Then what I really, really do recommend is surround yourself with positive people. People who are going to support and encourage you. And that was really, really important for me to have a look at, you know, my my support group around me. So I'm blessed with great friends and great family. But it's not their job to counsel and support me too. So when times were really, really rough, I did need an additional resource in my life. So I did get a therapist. I do have an energetic healer that I work with. I do have a homeopath. I do have a fantastic support system around me that is going to keep me absolutely motivated and moving forward. Big one is self-care. You got to practice yourself care you have to take care of yourself both physically and mentally and make time for activities that make and you know that you enjoy and they make you feel good for me and I did talk about this before for me it started with five minutes my life was chaotic with three kids under three and working full-time it was chaotic and at the time all I could afford was five minutes I gotta grab those five minutes and I cherish them and now today as my kids have got older as I have worked on my self-care, I now get an hour to myself in the morning. And yeah, it means getting out of a cozy bed. And yeah, sometimes it's not ideal to go down when the house is cold. I love it. I absolutely love it. And again, this is really like linking in and stressing the importance. Seek help if needed. Like, I, I like, my therapist is listening. He probably will start goes to me after this. Like, I would be lost really without that guidance and just that sounding board and just that there to kind of go and somebody to challenge me. Is this imposter syndrome? Like, do you really believe that? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But come on, do you really believe that? So there is lots of alternatives out there that you can use. So if you feel these feelings of inadequacy or self-doubt are overwhelming, please, please, please. Don't hesitate to seek help from a mental health professional. So I suppose if I was to say in conclusion, that was probably a brief run through of how I got to secretary to CEO. Um, there'll be lots more of my journey to CEO in the remaining series of the podcast. So this is probably just like the, the brief summary. Um, so I really want people to remember that overcoming an inferiority complex and imposter syndrome, it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. But with time and patience, you can learn to recognize and challenge these feelings. Oh.